The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus set Jesus and his disciples set out for the villages of Caesarea Philippi. Along the way, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? They said in reply, John the Baptist, others, Elijah, still others, one of the prophets. And he asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter said to him in reply, You are the Christ. Then he warned them not to tell anyone about him. He began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer greatly and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed and rise after three days. He spoke this openly. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. At this he turned around and looking at his disciples rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. You are thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. He summoned the crowd with his disciples and said to them, Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and that of the gospel will save it. The Gospel of the Lord. This is very famous, this particular passage. Very famous passage because this is the passage where we say that Jesus gives Peter, uh, this is also in the Gospel of Matthew, I believe it's Matthew 16, Jesus gives Peter the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Peter, you will see in every statue that you ever see of him with a set of keys or a key in his hand. And the idea there is that he represents the church and, and particularly the hierarchy of the church. The, the first pope who is the head of the bishops. And if you ain't following Peter, you ain't getting into the Golden Gates. He's the gate master. That's where all those jokes come, for, uh, come from, which I'm not going to tell right now. <laughs> so I'd like to talk a little bit about Peter here. I think this is a very interesting passage, uh, both Peter's first comment and Peter's second comment. So we notice here, this is very interesting, that Jesus first tells Peter, you are rock, and on this rock I will build my church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. He says, you, you're right, Peter. You're the one who truly understands properly who I am. Because, Jesus, because Peter says, you are the Christ. And then, and I'm, I'm kind of filling in from Matthew, Matthew's Gospel as well. It's the same scene, but with a little bit more meat. And then immediately after that, so, so right away, Peter, great job. You know, you're the rock. You're the rock of the church. I'm going to give you the biggest responsibility possible. Next, 
Jesus calls him Satan. Just one paragraph after. Jesus calls Peter Satan. Okay, so that's, those are two pretty different things, right? You're the head and the rock of the church, and you're also Satan. And so what's going on here is right after Jesus tells Peter that he is rock and he affirms him and he bestows this authority upon him, which he's very happy to give to him, his trusted friend, the future pope who will die for Jesus eventually down the road. After he does this, Jesus tells them all what's going to go on. So, so far they're in the middle of Jesus' public ministry. You know, they've received some resistance, but they expect Jesus to kind of keep gaining momentum. And in their minds, what it means for him to establish the kingdom of God is different than what Jesus thinks. This is how Jesus describes what he's doing in his mission and what's going to happen soon. He began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer greatly. Must suffer greatly. And be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes. So basically everybody. Everybody in authority. And be killed. And rise openly and rise after three days. Then Peter took Jesus aside and he began to rebuke him. Peter doesn't like this idea of suffering and sacrifice as a part of Jesus' mission. And so Peter gives two responses to what Jesus is to, to to Jesus' comments and questions. And I think this is particularly relevant for us to consider where are our responses coming from right now in 2021? Where are we at? Because we're celebrating 20 years, that's that's actually a poor, poor word to use, 20 years since September 11th, 2001 today and the world has continued to change in very very dramatic and traumatic ways since that event 20 years ago and so things keep happening and they're going to keep happening it seems to me and these things that are happening Think about the pandemic, the virus, the response to the virus. I think about politics and how divided we are as a country. See the rise of a lot of radical ideologies that are gaining more and more momentum. Stuff that would have been unimaginable even five years ago. And as all these things come to us, these various events surrounding us, Peter gives us two dispositions, one that's good, one that's bad, for what we are to do in reaction to all the things going outside of us. Because it doesn't really matter where we stand on a lot of these issues. It's, it's, it has the capacity to drive probably most of us a little bit crazy 
It certainly provokes anxiety for many people. Talk to people all the time. This is, I work in a high school. This is from high school on to people. I was with a couple in their 90s. Same thing. The Lord gives us a blueprint throughout the scriptures, throughout our tradition, and Peter kind of showcases that in, in his first response, which is he is reacting and he is answering the question that is being posed to him. So he's reacting to the situation imposed on him from the right place. We all have within us, because we are baptized, the dwelling of the Holy Spirit. If you're here in Mass, if you're going to Mass on Sundays and receiving Jesus' body and blood, that's not just a cute, symbolic community act that makes us all feel good together. That burns the flame inside of us. That's the, the flame of divine life in all of us. That flame's always there. It starts to get a little dim. Go to the sacrament of confession. But the life of prayer, being here, God dwells within us. That's the place we want to act from, make our decisions from, and react from. It's a place of discernment. And so we can freak out if we want to, and think in human ways, like Peter is in the second part of this, to every new bit of dramatic news that pops onto our smartphones, and we can live in this perpetual state of anxiety and fear about what's going on around the world, all the bad things that are happening, or our perception that all these bad things are happening. Or, we could live in this place of surrender to God, this place and this gift that God has given us, of his own spirit which is in us. That means Jesus Christ's own spirit is in all of us. That's the Holy Spirit. And to live out of this Holy Spirit, to bring everything that provokes anxiety or fear in us to the Holy Spirit, on a daily basis, to constantly be talking with Jesus about everything interiorly. For decisions that we have in life. What car should I get, Jesus? Little things. Asking God to take care of these things and acting out of this place, this little secret room inside of us is actually very, very real. And our faith starts to grow the more that we do that. And good things start to happen as our faith grows. We start to see more clearly. We start to hear God everywhere. We, we start to have a more, a more, uh, a deeper peace inside of us. All these things can go be, be going on around us and it affects us less. We're still human. We're still going to feel it. But we, w we don't want to act out of that place of worldliness that Peter acts out of when he's so afraid when he hears about 
this ridicule that Jesus is going to receive. We don't want to just kind of come and go with the wind and all of our moods to be dependent on good news or bad news that we hear. We want to live in that place of communion with Jesus and that place of dependence on Jesus. And then we speak with Jesus. Lord, we ask you to give us stability of heart during these pretty wild times that we live in. Help us to retreat into that quiet place inside of us where you dwell. And help us to turn to you more frequently on a daily basis so that we are in the habit of coming to you and being in communion with you. Help us to not live a life of isolation from you. Help this to not be the only place that we commune with you. But at all times, Lord, burn brighter the fire within us And we ask you to bless all of us as individuals, bless all of our families, our children, our grandchildren, our parents, our friends, and our country as well. We pray in addition, we pray for all those who lost loved ones on 9-11 and who are still affected in a very difficult way from that, either with health effects or the loss of someone that they knew. And bless all the souls who passed away on that day, Lord. And bless those who committed those heinous acts as well. Help them to have graces poured upon them and conversion of heart, if necessary. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. And let's just take a few moments in silent prayer just to go to that place of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat>